Welcome back to my A&R. Oh, you sound horrible. What's going on? You good? <laughs> I, I have theories and Same. suspicions. Same. And I don't think that this, this is going to end well. It's, it's a lot going on right now. I am... Uh, at some point, like Morgan likes to say, I am confusion. At yeah. other points, I was like, wait, what? And then I was like, I knew that this was going to happen. Like, <laughs> I was like, Sarah, girl, can you flood my brain with any more fucking information? Like, I was on an emotional roller coaster with the last couple chapters. It was. It was. Yeah. So let's let's go ahead and jump into it. Uh, starting with chapter 26. They're at the night court, and this is just after Eris has walked Revealed in. that Eris is here and that they right. want to provide a deal with him and Kair. And I was just kind of like, what the fuck are we doing? Not, not, not what is Reese no. doing? What are we doing? <laughs> exactly. Like, okay, what exactly are we doing here? Why the fuck is he here? Right. But it turns out, like, Kair knew about Valaris. Or knows about Valaris now and now wants the Court of Nightmares to be able to have access to it. Yeah, so like he found out when the King of Hybrid attacked Valaris, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then he was like, oh, well, you know, it oh, it just, oh, he bugs me. He bugs me as a character. You know who he reminds me of? Draco Malfoy's daddy. Oh, I hated that man too. Yeah, I forget his first name, but Papa Malfoy was a piece of, he was a SOB. He was a piece he was of a fucking SOB. Work. Yeah. So he reminds me of him in that aspect. Yes. But Reese ends up making a deal with Kair, limitations, of course, that they can come to Valaris. And you and I were both right as well about the deal. Yeah. Reese bought him in, and Eris is agreeing to help because he wants them to wants the help him take over the Autumn Court. Yeah. You know, when, when it, the time is right. But here's the thing, and this was brought up, and I don't think we thought about this, but it's mentioned that. The power of the High Lord doesn't go to whoever's next in line. It jumps. It could go to Eris or or it could go to Lucian or it could go to a cousin or it could go to somebody not even related. Wait, to them. I thought I thought that when the High Lord dies, the power automatically goes to whoever come, becomes High Lord next. Right, but that's not a guarantee that it's the son. When did you find that out? Because the bitch is confused. They mentioned it in the last book. I think I remember Cassian mentioning it and basically saying that like the power goes to whoever it deems is worthy of it. So just because uh, Eris is like, oh, I'm next in line to catch the, to, you know, gain the throne doesn't mean that the High Lord power is going to go straight to him. Wow. Okay. That, that's a whole different fucking issue then. Right. That's what I mean. Like, I mean, if you think about it, look at, um... Tar- is it tar- Tarquin, right? Tarquin, yeah. Yeah. He's High Lord, but the High Lord before him was his, was his cousin. cousin. <gasps> wow. I didn't even... That completely slipped by me. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You're right. I'm sorry. So even if they back... <laughs> even if they back Eris up to take the throne, doesn't mean that he is a guaranteed High Lord of the Autumn Court. Damn. Well, he's going to be really, really sad when he kills his dad for nothing. <laughs> he kills daddy and they're like, not you. Shit. Um, yeah. Also, a big thing from this chapter that we learn is that there's another side to Eris, supposedly, that we have not seen. I'm like mind blown because 
Same. We, from all the stories and shit that we have heard, how he treated more, how he's also been portrayed as a like sadistic, evil like guy, man, and then yeah. he comes into the 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 fucking night court acting like a whole different type of bitch, and I'm like, wait a minute. He went ahead and he basically said, if it wasn't for him, Tamlin wouldn't have found Lucian at the border and wouldn't mm-hmm. have saved Lucian from the brothers. And yeah. he said the reason he wasn't there was because he didn't agree with his father and so he was punished. Which makes me sit and wonder, I'm like, okay, what was it? You know what I mean? What was the punishment? What kept you from being able to help your little brother? And then what happened between you and Mort? Because then he insinuates that what Moore believes and what everybody else believes isn't exactly how it went down. Yes. And I'm like, hold up. Yes, girl, that was exactly my, that was exactly my fucking reaction. I was like, wait, what? And then he was talking to Moore like, oh, and by the way, I would have never touched you. I would have never hurt you. And I'm like, who is this person? <laughs> who are you, sir? So it makes me intrigued with his character because now it makes me sit and want to know more. I'm like, hold up. Is this a re-situation? Is this... A guy who might not be what he seems, but in order to keep up pretenses because of how the autumn court is run. If it is, done, done. Sarah is introducing all of these new characters for us to love. And I can only in my heart of hearts be like, okay, but who are you trying to replace them with? Because you're going to kill somebody. I know Who am I, I going to say bye to? So then we jump into chapter 27. This was the big fight. <laughs> it was, girl. The family was about to split up. Reese stood his ground. Moore was upset. So she basically was fighting with Reese. And then Moore definitely hit below the belt with the Amarantha comment. That shit. She did. She that did. That shit bothered me. It bothered yeah. me. But as sided with Reese. Cass sided with more. Feyre's sitting there and she's like, I'm going to be Switzerland. I don't want to side with nobody. I'm good. And like Amran is just like, all right, I got to go break this up. I spent the last 50 years or whatever breaking shit up. I'm going to go break this up. But then Amran gets mad too because they tell her about the prison and she's like, bitch, what? <laughs> Facts. But once that was, not that it was over and done with, but once it, it was smoothed over after Amran was like, listen, you know, we need everybody to be on, on their toes. We need to be a united front. We can't be breaking up. The way he said, so if the theme of the night is honesty. Yes. I was like, oh. I was, I was like, we like, just oh, going to jump into damn. this. Okay. Wow. So you're just going to jump head first. We're just going to jump All head first. Right. But like, okay. So essentially, everybody expected her to explode with this information. Because yeah. this was the first time that Reese basically asked her, how did you get out of the prison? And when she sat and explained how she got out, they were like... She said that she bound herself to the body that she's in now and the door just clicked open. She had to change what she was in order to leave the prison. Right. And I was like, how did you have the power or ability to do that? First off, this just led me to ask way more questions because then I sat there and I was like, okay, whose fucking body is this? Yeah, They don't have bodies just lying around. I was like, so whose body is this? Yeah, that's why I was like, or did you create this body yourself or like what? Exactly. Is that when you figured out like what she was exactly? Or no, no, it no it's a little line? further okay. down. Yeah. Okay. But you know what was, yeah. what was really cute in this chapter that I like really wanted to take note of? When it- they all suspect that Amran is about to explode and everybody's yes. gearing up, Cassian looks over at Nesta and then he like tips his head and Nesta 
obeys and she like walks over and she gets behind Cassian and you it said she got on her tippy toes and peered over his shoulder to look at Aaron. I was like, I was like, this couple is gonna be so adorable. I know. I literally cannot wait for it. The Dear. other thing, bitch, Elaine. Elaine. She has another cuckoo moment. And I wrote in my notes, I was like, okay, is she actually crazy or is she having visions? You actually wrote that? Because I was still, mm-hmm. I was still very much like, what the fuck is happening with her? I was like, this has to mean something. She's not just talking to talk or she's not making any sense just to not make any sense. There's no way. There's no way that they just made Elaine crazy. Granted, exactly. I didn't think that it was vision. My thing is like when somebody automatically starts spewing shit that nobody else knows what they're talking about i'm like okay they're either they've gone completely insane or they can like see things that other people can't yeah they're having visions or whatever yeah like this bitch is this bitch is that's so raven (laughs) every day every day she's like hmm right literally that's how the book was like she's just sitting there like staring into a void i'm like bitch are you okay But she does say something interesting. She says, everybody thinks she's dead, but she's not. So I'm like, okay, who is she talking about? Is she talking about Princess Banana? Mm. Is she talking about Antidote? Like, who is she talking about? Because those are the two people that I know or thought for certain were dead. Right. So if these bitches make an appearance again, it's going to be a problem. Okay. Then we move on to chapter 28. Yeah, so this would, I didn't really have a lot of notes for this. I would say the most important thing too was that um, they're trying to find a healer for Elaine. And when she comes to assess Elaine, she can't find anything. Like she said, she can't get into her mind. Yeah, so the the healer basically says that like she's showing signs of PTSD, of trauma. But ultimately she's like, however, I can't find anything wrong with her. But she was cauldron made. So she's like, there's just a part of her that I can't get to. So everybody looks at Lucian and they're like, so. Like, you gonna get in there? You, you ready? There? Like, oh, now you want me to speak to this bitch? <laughs> um, they also, at the end of the chapter, find out who they received confirmations from to attend the High Lords meeting and who still has not replied. And of course, their allies, the Solar Courts, have replied and said, yes, we'll be there. But they're still waiting on everybody else. So then we move on to chapter 29. More and Feyre are sitting down waiting for Lucian and Elaine. Like they're like chaperones. They're just sitting there waiting. They are. They're like <laughs> sitting there pretending to look out the window. They're like, are they talking yet? No. With tea. No. Everybody has tea. And like they're just sitting there and they're just kind of like, all right, is Lucian going to say something? Nobody said anything. Lucian hasn't said anything. Elaine hasn't started a conversation. I love how this was a whole production, bitch. Like, everybody was on deck. Everybody had a part to play. Exactly. Except, no, everybody was there. And it, was just, it wasn't, it uh, was okay, well, Feyre and Nesta and Elaine and Lucian type of thing. This was the entire inner circle situation. Amram was there trying to te- teach Nesta. Nesta's trying to keep an eye on Elaine and Lucian at the same time, trying to train with Amran. Reese and Cassian was like, this is for y'all. We out. Lucian is like, I can't. He's like, I just, I can't. <laughs> it was a whole, it was a whole thing. Um, what I want to make note of, the important things, Elaine says that twin ravens are coming. Yeah. One black and one white. Did you pick up anything from that? 
at this point, I wasn't thinking of anything else. I was like, maybe this has something to do with like them winning the fight or their next task or, you know, something like that. I was literally like, there is going to be a white raven and a black and raven. A black They're going to post up on the top of the house and you have to talk to them about something that's going on. <laughs> I, no, seriously. I was thinking along the same lines. I was like, okay, so there's going to be these two birds. I was like, maybe they'll come from different courts. Maybe they'll come from, maybe they'll come from Miriam and Draco. Like I sat there and I was like, maybe they'll come from this but then yeah like i wasn't positive like yeah yeah same because then after that on page 307 when uh favor is training to fly again asriel tells her the story of Miriam and drake and how they escaped with their people and bitch yes it's a sad story but (laughs) the girl's name is nephilo uh nephil i think nephil okay yeah but before we get to (laughs) nephil I was like, bitch, so Moses? This is Moses. Basically. <laughs> Parting basically. the sea so that people could run through to the other side. And I'm like, Sarah, you're not slick. <laughs> you are not slick. The same thing. That's exactly what I thought. I immediately thought Prince of Egypt. I was like, oh, okay. Yes. This is what we're doing. <laughs> I was like, this is what we're doing. Yeah. So like you were saying, Nafel, I believe, was the loved one of... Drake's like army general or something like that. Yeah. So, oh, and you noticed same sex relationship. Yes, yep. I did. Because at first I read it and I was like, hold up. And then I read it again and I was like, oh, it, it definitely says she in there. Yes. And then it said Nephila is a she. And I was like, ah, okay. It's so like, same right, sex relationship. Yeah. I'd like to see them in the book if we ever get to it. Yeah. So basically it was modeled. I'm assuming it was modeled after the Moses story, Parting of the Sea, to get the, the their people to the other side before the soldiers got to them. And it just so happened Miriam was wounded and Nephilim, who did try to become a soldier, but was actually too small and her wing was deformed. She realized Miriam is hurt at towards the end of the, the other side. So she goes to save her. And for whatever reason, at the very, very end, she is able to pick up Miriam, who weighs way more than her, and fly her out, actually use her wings fly her out and is able to get her to the other side. And like, basically, Azriel told this story to Feyre as a way to like, be like, look, we now meet Cast and Reese. We now live by this philosophy that we call, uh, Nef- I can't say her name. The Nefel rule or sim- syndrome yeah. or something and like that. And it's basically, it, it, what it is, is just, we're going to do everything we can till the very last possible moment because you don't know what the outcome could be at that very end from all the hard work you've done. And he's Mm -hmm. just telling her that because she's having a really difficult time learning how to fly in all honesty. Oh, that bitch. She's slamming in the trees. Oh my God. Her landing. Her first. (laughs) At least put your fucking arms out. My God. Her landings are like sucky as shit. Like it's hilarious. And Azrael's just sitting on a boulder looking at her like, damn. (laughs) (laughs) Calling down. You good? You all right? <laughs> so at the end of this chapter, we finally get a little, little bit of spicy time with recent Feyre that includes her wings. It was a decent amount. It was the right type of spicy time. I was like, oh. Yeah, I was like, come on now. Y'all are stressing me out. I need a release. <laughs> <laughs> Literally what Feyre was. Yeah. We end up in chapter 30. Bitch. Go ahead. <sighs> I'm sorry. I have to. I have to say this, or I'm gonna explode. Go ahead. Go ahead. I. What fucking page is it? <laughs> you lost the page. I think I started though. 
Okay, yes. So at breakfast, basically, Elaine actually looks at Cassian and speaks to him. And she's like, oh, you're the one from the Highburn Court. You were like bleeding and your wings were shredded and everything. And we were like, first of all, Elaine, you did not have to bring up that picture again. Just say that you were at the Highburn Court. Like you're being a real bitch right now. (laughs) Secondly... Cassian's like, oh yeah, like in his go lucky spirit, that'll mm-hmm. take, or it'll take more than that to kill me. Yeah. And Elaine's like, no, it will not. I was like, I already know this bitch could see the future. Does she see Cassian die? If and how the fuck dies, does that play out for the rest of the series? If he dies, I'm done, guys. I'm done. What if, now riddle me this, what if a court of silver flames mm-hmm. is actually Nesta and Cassian's relationship before he dies? So they're prequels. If he dies, I'm done. <laughs> he has warmed, like he has warmed his way into my heart. I'm ready to read a court of silver flames. If I don't get, if he don't make it, I'm pissed. Bro, but that's what I'm telling you. What if he dies in this book, but a court of frost and starlight and a court of silver flames is about him and Nesta's relationship prior like all the things that we didn't get to see. So I, I'm sorry. I just, I had to, I had to bring that up because that was like the most important part for me of chapter 30. That's completely fine because I also found it very, very odd. So basically after that whole dilemma at breakfast, her and Nessa are going to the library to basically do what her and Reese were doing a couple chapters back. Her and Nesta kind of have a sisterly moment. And I was very much like, I was invested. I read it and I was like, okay. Yes. yes. She spells Farah. Oh, I didn't know that you really didn't know how to read. And then she was like, I I didn't know to the extent that you didn't know how to read. Like, I didn't know right. how far. And then she's like, why didn't you ask us for help? Bruh, you're not very approachable if you haven't Correct. fucking noticed. That's right. number one. Number two, you care more about Elaine than you care about Farah. So why the fuck would I ask and you? And Farah brings this up, though. Farah's like, why do you push everybody away except Elaine? Yes. I was like, oh, yes, favorite. let's get down to this. Why do you push everybody away? Yeah, if you really want to talk about it, bitch, let, let's, let's talk really about talk it. Let's really talk about and it. And then they fucking get cut off. Nesta is about to answer the goddamn question. She said, because that's it. <laughs> right. so mad. Um, so basically it was cut off because there's like a tremor. Feyre and Nesta look up to see what's going on and they notice that the Fey lights are going out from above. This is where, as we all remember previously, there's a, a black pit in the middle of the library. So Thera is like, we can't go up, so we got to go down. So they're running and running and running. And it turns out that these two Fey people who um, basically are under Hybron came to, wait for it, snatch up Nesta. Not yes, even snatch girl. up Feyre, Nesta. They were like, oh, you, you bitch, this one right here. Right. <laughs> I was very surprised at this. I was like, wait, why do we want Nesta? Then it's explained. So apparently, we get they tell us what happened after Feyre, Tamlin, and Lucian left. And the mm. fake, I mean, the, the queens were going to go into the cauldron, right? So the one queen, this woman basically trampled over all the other queens, ran to the cauldron, jumped headfirst in, like basically dived that's basically what she did thinking (laughs) thinking that shit was gonna go down and when she came out she was a crone this bitch was old and withered she had immortality but she was old as fuck like you gonna pay for this immortality today (laughs) 
And basically, the King of Hybern realized, oh shit, one of the girls or one of the women took more out of the cauldron than I realized. Nesta taking the powers that she took out of the cauldron basically made it so that the cauldron can't blast through the wall the way the King of Hybern wanted it to blast through. Yes, which is why they've been waiting on their attack. Yes. So basically, the King of Hybern is like, he's sending these these two goons to go get Nesta because he plans to throw her back into the cauldron to return the stuff that she took so that the cauldron has the power to bring down the wall. And that bitch was shook. She was like, oh, oh shit. I didn't know they would ever find out. Right, exactly. <laughs> And that basically leads into chapter 31, where Ashley said they're spiraling down towards the pit of the library because that's their best bet to survive. After Favorite tells Nessa to run, she blocks off that path so nobody can get to her. Exactly. And she's like walking around in the dark, trying not to stumble. It is pitch black. She runs in. It is pitch fucking black. She runs into whatever lives at the bottom of that library, bro. The the crone, or not the crones, the crows are calling out to her, trying to get to her. They're like, hi, lady of the night court, where are you? And that thing is like, you are high lady of the night court. And she's like, yes. <laughs> but you know what's really funny? The funny thing is, is that earlier on, she tells the um the crows, like, you're going to regret coming to my house. Yeah. And then this chapter, whatever it is, is behind Feyre. It's whispering in her ear. And she's like, she can't, she can't see it because it's pitch dark, but she can feel it. There's like a presence that's like hovering yes. over her. And he's like talking in her ear. And she's like, it's a beautiful but horrible voice at the same time. And it basically mm-hmm. is asking her, it's like, oh, you're the lady of the night court? And she was like, yeah. And then it's like, it's bargaining with her, basically. It's like, mm-hmm. what will you give me in return for getting rid of these two? And she's like, whatever you want type of thing. And he's like, I just want company to talk about life with. The thing is lonely down in the fucking library. He just wants a friend. I was like, oh. She agrees to it. And immediately she feels like a tingle on her arm. And she remembers Reese saying, all bargains in my core are deemed with a tattoo. Mm-hmm. So she gets a tattoo on her arm. And then the thing looks at her. He's like, do you want these two dead? And she's like, yes, please. He was like, close your eyes. <laughs> the fact that the thing told her, close your eyes. Yes. So this is what I think that thing is. Okay. I think it's the Vogue. Really? I do. Because you're not supposed to look at it. When Reese and Cassian come in later, after that thing is like, it shredded them and Reese comes in to finish the job and Cassian comes in to take them away. Cassian said he looked at it and he was like, Ooh. and Reese was like, I closed my eyes. And when it was finished, then, then I, yes. I, I went and I fucked them up. So you're, right. you're not supposed to look at it. And when the crows looked at it, they immediately started screaming or whatever. Like it was their worst nightmare or whatever. So I thought maybe it was the boat because it transforms into whatever you're afraid of. And then, you know, fucks up your day. <laughs> So it might not be, it might be a whole new creature. So then we move on to chapter 32. It's basically the aftermath of what went down. So unlike the first attack on Valaris, Reese is angry because he's like, they made it into my city without anybody noticing. Amran, they say that Amran is working to upgrade the wards, basically. That should have been done from the very, very beginning. Like the highest amount of power or war that you could have. I mean- I, it probably still wouldn't stand a chance against Hybern because they have very old magic. But yeah. still, that that pissed me off too because I'm like, how the fuck do they keep getting in here, bro? It's like 
you seal off a part of the fucking, like my roof right now. Oh my God. There are squirrels in the goddamn <laughs> roof and you seal up a part of the roof and you can hear it, but they're scratching, 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 right? So you seal up the roof once you know that they're gone. And then the next day, again, how the fuck did these squirrels get in here? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> oh my God. It's the same thing. Like, <sighs> Sorry. The king of high soldiers are squirrels. <laughs> yes, they're fucking squirrels in my roof and they're pissing me off with all the scratching and late night noise and shit. Oh, oh, this was also the chapter. Now that I think about it. Okay, so besides them talking about how they got in and Reese being upset about it, Reese tells Cassian and them, he's like, go notify everybody, children, everybody, to not go out at night because Amran is on the hunt. She's on the hunt to see if uh, the King of Hybron let any other goonies in besides those two. Now, this, this is where I came up with my theory because of how they describe this. They say not to let anybody out, right? And then I think, well, maybe maybe it's not this chapter. Are you talking about, um, it's, yeah, it's chapter 33 where they're talking about they put out the blood of the lamb on their door. The blood of the lamb is the angel of death. It's for the angel of death so that they the angel of death doesn't take any innocence. I think Amran was an angel in her other world. I do. Because when she wow. describes what she was, when she talks to them about it, she says that she was a, an assassin assassin type of soldier for a mighty god and not for nothing but immediately i like reverted back to like the prince of egypt and i reverted back to like all of my catholicist whatever crap classes like all my church classes and things and i thought about it and i was like and like if you google angels and whatnot like it's just very interesting and i think i think amran was an angel in a in her other life so knowing what we know now that she is an angel of death and that the bone carver and all of his siblings are gods of death. Correct. Do you think they're related? If they're not, then they come from the same world. Because she knows, like, she knows him and she gets very, like, very antsy and very upset when Reese is like, we're going to release him. And she's like, yeah. no. Like, like she has a personal relationship with him. Right. And maybe she did. Maybe she did. And she doesn't say, she doesn't describe another body. She doesn't describe anything like that, but she does say that she was like an assassin for this other god and things. And like she, people are scared of her. She like has some type of ability that is just beyond what they're used to. That makes a lot of sense. Um, also in this chapter, mm -hmm. Elaine speaks again because they're talking about like they don't really have a lot of options for allies and stuff like that. Yeah. Elaine is like, oh, the queen of feathers and flame, she might come. And I'm like, bitch, like who is this? <laughs> who is this? What are you talking about? <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck is that? And Asriel, I will say, Asriel is starting to win me over a lot. Baby because yes. in, the first book, in the first book, he didn't really talk like that. He was just like in the background, shit like that. And now he's being so sweet and so gentle with dumbass Elaine. I'm like, she's stupid. But you know she's stupid and you're nice to her anyway. <laughs> but he's also being like that with Feyre. Even Feyre notes it. Like she's like doing their trainings for her to learn yeah. how to fly. Um, As has always been a very quiet one. He's like, but she's like, but during the training, he's starting to open up. She's learned that he has a very dry sense of humor and he's very nice and he's very forthcoming when it's just yeah. dumb. And I was like, oh, baby, yes. 
I know. It's like you get to see that his relationship with Favor again, like treating her as his little sister. Yeah. And then you get to see the relationship dynamic that he's creating with Elaine. And the funny thing about it is with Elaine, with him and Favor, like that's that's their old like different thing. But with him and Elaine, he'll actually be like that in front of everyone. And so I'm like, huh. Did you notice? I forget if this was in this chapter or the chapter before or whatever. But Az's shadows. They disappear when he's in the presence of Elaine. I thought that was on purpose. Like he did that to try not to scare her. He can't make them disappear. It's not possible. Wow. I did not notice that. But now that that you bring it up, I'm going to keep a closer eye on it for sure. I think so because, but at the same time, and this is something we we talked about in in the last episode, it's leaning way too much towards him and Elaine being a perfect match. You know what? I don't mind that. Like, I don't mind that at all. I think that it's what I say is when I say it's leaning too much. I mean, it's becoming too obvious. So my my thing is, is like, this is too obvious. Do you know what I mean? Like with the way Sarah J. Moss has been writing and the couple things that we've, you know, read through and things like that. I'm like, this is too obvious that you're sitting here and potentially putting Elaine and Az together, even though Elaine is technically mated to Lucian. And as has been hung up on more for the past 500 years. This is too obvious. It's too neat. Correct. That's that's the right word. It is too neat. And Sarah is a messy bitch. Facts. Yeah. Huh. Because if you think about it, like, look at it. Look at all the other couples. Like, Vera and Tamlin, we thought that they were perfect for each other. And then it turned out... <laughs> Don't bring that shit up. But you get what I'm saying? Like, that's an <laughs> no, example. No, I know. I know what you mean. We yeah. thought that they were perfect for each other, and they're not. Then we thought Reese was a villain and a prick, and it turns out he's one of the most kindest, lovingest. And then we thought Eris was a villain and a prick, and now I apparently know. he's not. And like, he apparently what? he isn't. Like, it's, okay. it's turning, it's becoming very much a pattern. It's almost like that saying, if it quacks like a duck, if it looks like a duck, quacks like a duck, then it must be a duck. But like the way Sarah said, the way Sarah's doing it, it's like, it ain't no. a duck, bitch. It ain't a duck. She's like, it is most definitely not a duck. It's a goddamn killer whale. And Thanks. you better watch out. <laughs> right. Oh, God. So, anywho, this chapter ends with Azriel basically confirming what I thought all along. Elaine is what they call a seer. So she can yes. see things before they happen. She's having yeah. visions or whatever. Um, I'm going to still call that bitch Raven. <laughs> Elaine's, new ra- Elaine's new nickname is Raven. Every time she pops up on the fucking page, I'm like, you can see it to the future. Oh my god, I love that song. That was my show back then. You can a travel from a distance, yeah. Go lane. <laughs> oh my god, yo. Oh shit, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No, but so essentially, essentially, Nesta stole her powers, but the cauldron gave Elaine. The serial yes. ability. So that says something entirely different. All right. It's like, so Nessa, you didn't even have to do all that, but go right, on. Right. It would have gave you the abilities. You over here with your finger up in the air. Like, come on. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> so that moves us into uh, chapter 33. They're talking about, I guess, the queen that Elaine was talking about, the queen of feathers and, and flame and stuff like that. Apparently, she goes by the name Vasa. It's a nickname but it's not her full name. And no. that's actually the sixth queen that was missing from the meeting. So what had Them happened was... Bitches. 
I know she wasn't sick. She wasn't sick. The other queen sold her out. Facts. They sold her and turned her into Princess Swan. What? No. Have I seen that movie? I haven't seen that movie. That went right over your head. That went right over my head. Did you see it in my eyes? I'm like. (laughs) So basically, the reason I say that is because as Elaine is talking in riddles about Vasa and like her turning into (laughs) this bird of fire and her being sold to this sorcerer and things like that. If you ever watch Princess, I think it's Princess Swan. It's basically. Oh, yeah. The one that you thought was a Disney movie, but it's not. It's not. Correct. Princess Swan was a princess who was given to the sorcerer who was upset with her. So he turned her into a swan by day and a woman by night. And that was it. I sat there. I was like, okay, so we do a Moses and and swan princess. Let me tell you how. Let me tell you how. We meet this bitch. (laughs) We meet this bitch. She's a bird. (laughs) I'm going to be so upset. Yo, I can't. I can't. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. My eyes are like tearing up. So basically uh they're trying to see they're like okay well we she could potentially be an ally so we need to go to her and nobody can actually like leave because they're all of great importance and reese is like no you all have to be here so this is where lucian steps up steps up, my man steps up page 359 he's like listen i've just been sitting here i will volunteer to try to go and find queen vasa reese says well how are you going to be able to get past everybody like all the armies that are stationed there and whatever or what um, tricks they might have in play. And he's like, oh, my metal eye can pretty much see past spells and glamours. And I want to, I just want to call up something real quick. Because if his metal eye can see past spells and glamours, why the fuck didn't he see Feyre's mating tattoo? What's to say he didn't see it? Maybe that's why he was side-eyed in her so hard. You're right. But he didn't say anything. But then because... why was he so surprised when he was like, oh, we're mates? He doesn't know much about the um, night court. He obviously doesn't know much about the mating bond. He just knows that it's there. So her having the tattoo on her arm for indicating that she is lady of the night court, it could have he could have easily had mistaken it for the bargain tattoo. Do you know what I mean? Ah, like, okay. Honestly, he could have easily had been side eyeing her, seeing that, but not saying anything, knowing, as you had said before, well, if this bitch runs off to go see Elaine, I'm running with her. There's a reason why Lucian probably had the fox mask. He's very cunning. Ah, uh, they and they say that too. They say that too. Okay, that that makes more sense because I was like, bitch, you got a loophole here. <laughs> <laughs> I felt so bad for him though because he was like, well, I can't go back to the autumn court and I can't go back. He was about to call the spring court home and he's like, the spring court. And I was like, You have a home here, Lucian. Be grateful your ass isn't out on the street. (laughs) Goddamn. (laughs) I'm I'm sorry. I'm learning. I'm learning to love and trust Lucian again. After everything is all said and done, um, Nesta actually leaves to go upstairs. And it's the first time that she has ever allowed Lucian and Elaine to be alone, which is saying a lot. Facts. So I think think he gained a little bit of respect Mm -hmm. from Nesta after he volunteered to go out and find the sixth queen, Vasa. Not only did Nesta leave, everybody, I mean, everybody else went to go do their own thing. Elaine and and Lucian were actually left alone for the first time ever. I want to know what they talked about, if anything. So do I. I want to know. I want to know what happened. And they had to have talked about something because when you move into chapter 34 and it's the morning that Lucian is leaving, 
he turns back to Elaine and he says like, bye or something like that. At first, Elaine doesn't say anything. But when he turns back around, Feyre sees her take that half step towards him like she's going to say something or tell him to wait or don't go or something. So I know they had to have talked about something. Had to have. They had to have some type of moment. And like, it was so... Feyre obviously thinks of Lucian as a very good friend because mm-hmm. right before he was like winnowed out, she all she kept saying was like, thank you, thank you. And she like gave him a hug before he left. Yeah. And I just sat there and was like, man, Lucian, you're slowly but surely making your way into the inner circle. I see you. I see he you. He is. But but let me tell you something. I don't want this to be no ploy. Like now oh, no. he's the double agent and he's going over there. I hope not. I, don't, I, I would really hope not. But I'm not going to put it past him right now because I've been hurt before. (laughs) (laughs) And then the fucking chapter ends with Amran being like throwing open the doors and being like, the summer court is being attacked as we speak. I'm like, bitch, what? We just got calmed down. What? We just got home. We just got out of another attack. Like, can we settle? Can we chill for like two seconds? My heart rate, bitch. I can't do it. (laughs) So that, and we end up in chapter 35. And basically, Hybron had a surprise attack on the summer court. And then Cassian asks the question everybody's thinking. He's like, Amarin, how do you know that the summer court is under attack? Yes! <laughs> and Amarin's like, well, Varen told me. Bro, everybody's looking at her like, Varen? Huh? The person that sent you the necklace? Varen? I called it. I called it the moment that she received the necklace. Bruh. I was like, he in it to win it. He's there you for damn her. sure fooled me because I did not. I was like, oh, they, they have like this, this like awkward thing, but they're not like, you know, talking to each other, talking to each other. Apparently I was so wrong. I guarantee you that they are talking, talking because Cassie looks at her and he's like, why would he send you this? And she was like, well, that's what friends do. And I was right. like, and I was like, mm, okay. Yeah, right. Little special okay. friends, of course. I, you've been taking some late night trips to the summer court, haven't you, Amber? Mm-hmm. So they decide that they're all gonna go help in Adriata. The summer court, yeah. And it is complete chaos. Moore and Feyre are actually told by Reese to go to the palace and like try to clear out the um the armies there. Yeah. And they are slicing, winnowing, slicing. At slicing, one point, she dicing. turns the hall into darkness, and nobody can see shit. Like. It was really cool. That action that sequence was, was pretty cool. Was that this chapter or was that the other yeah. chapter? Yeah. It's a... Uh, oh, chapter sorry, 36. sorry. Nope, that's the next chapter. Basically, that's chapter 35 yeah. and 36. Yeah. 35 and 36 are kind of like synonymous with each other. Yeah. So with that, it shows Feyre. It reads out like Feyre's using her powers. More. Feyre finally gets to see more in action. And at the end of this chapter, when they get back outside... Um, Feyre is trying to contact Reese. He lets her into his mind and he finds the ship out on the sea that was dampening their power, which is why the battle has been going for so long. And on the fucking ship, who's there? Big Daddy fucking Kane himself. (laughs) Daddy fucking Kane himself. Like, what are you doing here? Like, I know this is your army, but what are you doing here? (laughs) What ended up happening was Reese has a conversation essentially with the King of Hybrid. And the king That's, is like Yeah, in chapter 37. That moves into yeah, chapter yeah. 37 where he's having that mm-hmm. conversation. Exactly. And like, oh my god, the king is the fucking dickhead. He a dickhead. He's gonna bring up Amarantha. He's gonna bring up the the assault. He's gonna bring up all of that. And I was just like, 
can we can we kill this man? Reese handled it very well, even though he was boiling inside, girl. But it was it was the when I'm done with her, maybe I'll give her to Tamlin comment for me. I was like, this is it. I was like, this is the comment that's gonna make my man's <laughs> explode. I, I like, oh it. my god, I wish that he would, but it didn't matter anyway because we find out that the the king of Hybron pulled a goddamn Loki and was projecting himself on the boat. He, he wasn't was. even the fuck there. So I was like, I am so sick of him. He d- he does explain what happened to the Spring Court after Favorite left. Yes. So yes, yes, yes. He says that because of Favorite and what she did, the Spring Court revolted against Tamlin. So now there's like a whole situation at the Spring Court that Tamlin is trying to gain control over. And he was like, because of that, he was able to convince Tamlin to let him put in more troops. Into the spring court. Yeah, and have their ships on the, um, I think, on the Docks. seaside, the border. But my thing is, like, how is that Feyre's fault? Because they were going to do that anyway. And if the people were revolting against Tamlin, then they should have been at the docks fucking up Highbrain. So how is that her fault exactly? I don't I don't understand it's that. It's not. I don't, to be honest, I don't think it's her fault. I think that they were just trying to rattle Reese and Feyre by Ooh. saying it was their fault. That and probably trying to rattle the rest of Perithia and being like, this is her fault. Because when you move into yeah. chapter 38 and more and Feyre go to see Tarquin in the palace, oh. he's yes. like, he's telling him and telling Reese when he comes up too, like, this is Feyre's fault because you did this. They were able to do that. It No, because not for nothing. But when I read that, that section, I sat there and I was like, no, I was like, this is Tamlin's fault exactly. because the spring court is his jurisdiction. It is his responsibility. And he let Hybrin come in because he Thank you. was was greedy and couldn't let go of Feyre. Exactly. So how are you blaming his actions and his past transgressions on me? Mm-hmm. Doesn't make any sense, right? It, that, and, that right there pissed me off. And for somebody who just got your ass saved, you seem real ungrateful. Real yes. ungrateful. Yes. So, yeah, but they still, with their grace and their dignity, were like, we'll keep our troops on the borders to keep a lookout and stuff like that. And Tarquin's like, oh, get out. I'm like, fuck you, Tarquin. Facts. Reese is trying. This is how it was really funny because this, I feel like this is how the roles were reversed. Because Mm. usually Reese is very calm, doesn't show any type of emotion, nothing. And he's like, all right, well, if you want us out, we out. We we leave and bye. this time around, it was Feyre who was like that. And Reese was the one that stood back and was trying to talk to Tarquin and was like, we didn't want to steal from you. And type, you know what I mean? Like that type of thing. Mm-hmm. And what ended up happening was Tarquin immediately looked at Reese and he's like, you better go get your girl. Like she's not high enough to be talking to me type of thing. Right. And like when he said that, when he said that, Reese was like, actually. She's high lady of the night court. So she can say or do whatever the fuck whatever she, she wants, wants for your information, bruh. Facts. And when he says that everybody in their mom, everybody who's been an advisor, a soldier, whatever, that was in the vicinity that heard this, immediately looked at Feyre and then started whispering. And then Tarquin looks at Reese and he's like, well, you always spitted on tradition. <laughs> you're mad and you're in your feelings and I'm gonna need you to put your big boy panties on and suck <laughs> it the fuck up. Because we didn't have to come here. We did not have to come here. And at that... We were the only ones to Exactly. Come. We were the only fucking people that showed up. Where are your allies? Where are your allies? allies? Tarquin, you have none. We are your allies. Treat my, keep my high lady's name <laughs> out your fucking mouth. 
<laughs> that needs to be on a shirt. <laughs> and that's where we end the chapters. Uh, that's where this we episode. end the chapter. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, oh my God. predictions, bitch, because again, we spit out our theories and shit throughout the episode. Um, I think I. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. I'm just going to harp back on the fact that I think Cassian is going to die. And I am very, very, very emotionally term oiled inside. I don't want him to die. I'm not prepared. Well, no, bitch. Nobody wants him to die. But what I'm I'm saying is I just feel like I feel like the way that this is being set up and what Elaine said, he's going to fucking die. And I'm I'm not ready. I am not ready for this i'm not ready for him to die i need to see more of him and nesta i'm not ready i'm not ready for that you that will in a court of silver flames it'll just be a prequel of their relationship yes. <laughs> no yeah bitch. um any do you have any other predictions besides cassian um i think that all the high lords are going to show up at the high lord meeting mm-hmm. anyway Mm-hmm. I think even if they didn't send word that they're coming, they might still just show up. But yeah, I think everybody is going to come. I actually agree with you on it. I think everybody's going to show up and I think it's going to be a shit show. Oh, absolutely. I didn't say I, it was going to work in, in their no, favor. <laughs> I, I think that that's what this whole buildup is for. Yeah. they. I think that the buildup is everybody is going to show up and it is going to be the most dramatic shit show of a chapter that we've ever read. I really oh do. God. I really Bitch, do. I can't. <laughs> Welcome to Perithian High School. Facts. <laughs> I also think I'm right in regards to Amran being an angel. I think that that's the type. Yeah, of I can definitely being see that. That she was prior because it to me it just makes so much sense why Reese constantly leaves her as you know the last line of defense. And like things like that. He always leaves her to protect Valaris and its people. Um, she always she speaks as if she's way older than than what she looks like. I the the mist and shit behind her eyes. I, I think she's and an you angel. speak like like you're from a different time. Sorry. I know what you Sorry. are. <laughs> oh God. I think Lucian is gonna redeem himself with this whole situation. I I hope so. I mean, we've been seeing him kind of slowly rebuild the relationship with Feyre while also trying to redeem himself with Elaine as well. Because at one point, Elaine was like, you're the one that turned against us. And he's like, that's a bad look for me. Right, exactly. (laughs) I ain't getting anything tonight. Right, exactly. So I I definitely think you're right in regards to that. Maybe he will come back with the queen of Phantom and Flame. Or no, it's Feathers and Flame. Feathers and Flame. (laughs) Oh, whatever. Flames. Whatever. Vasa. Vassal. Um, He'll come back with Vassal. And, uh... Oh, I really hope that we get more of Eris. I didn't like him initially. <sighs> Girl. But now I'm very, very curious about that whole backstory. I am I'm very super interested. curious about it now. Question for you before we wrap up. Do you think that he is also involved in the novella? Oh, that'd be interesting. I actually mm-hmm. have been thinking about this and I'm like, is it, could it be that like maybe the novella is, you know what I mean? How they fall in love with each other and officially accept the mating bond and like things like that. You know what I mean? They're also introducing a whole new villain to the story. Yeah, yeah. With Vasa and her situation and this sorcerer. At first it was Amarantha all the way. Then it turned out Amarantha wasn't the evilest thing, is King Hybrin. Now we in with King Hybrin and I'm like, okay, great. 
But now we have Vasa and this sorcerer. Who the fuck so is the sorcerer? I'm wondering, I'm wondering if like this is setting it up for the other two books for this sorcerer to be the new villain. I don't want to talk about him. Anywho, <laughs> those are our predictions. <laughs> this is true. Yep. Um, for the next episode, we are going to read chapters 39 through 50. Make sure that you are prepared for that episode. I'm really, really hoping, and I think we will have the meeting of the High Lords in those cluster of chapters. So I am so ready to dish about that. Uh, make sure you guys read up and make sure you are prepared for the fireworks, baby. Facts. Cause I feel like a fight going to break out at that damn High Lord meeting. Oh, I hope it does. (laughs) I I really do. I I guarantee you a fight is going to break out at that High Lord meeting. I'm so messy. Yeah, I wanted to. But thanks, you guys, for listening. Make sure that you follow us on social media. Media. Jeez. Media. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Words. Um, IG and TikTok are both at YA at Heart Podcast. With that, we'd like to say thank you guys for joining us. We love you. And always stay YA at Heart. Bye. Bye.